0: This is the happiest day of my life, the greatest opportunity, the one that I've waited all my life for. And believe me, Brett, it all happened when the Quebecers, when they won those belts back. I knew that was our calling. That was our fate. This is our chance, Brett. I'm going to make you proud of you. I'm going to make you the WWE Tag Team Champion a third time. And I'm going to bring that belt home to you, Mom and Dad. Let's go do it, Brett.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the inaugural Pull Apart Podcast. I'm Josh Heiser, here with James Prophet. And we are starting a podcast. I figured, you know, we sat down and thought, what does the world need more of? <laughs> more podcasts. More wrestling podcasts. <laughs> so our uh, our angle, if you will, is we are going to be covering the what we deem the greatest feuds in professional wrestling history.
2: That is true. We figure this angle is less likely to end up in jail than Kurt. <laughs> so we thought it was a good one to go with.
1: We did a lot of Googling, and as far as I could tell there are no other current
2: wrestling podcasts about this topic yes we're going to be reviewing the rivalries that make wrestling fun
1: the closest i could find you know i listen to enc a lot and they do the anatomy of a match every now and then but of course they interview with the people that were in the matches i don't know that we will be interviewing the people that were in the matches at least not for a while um the first episode that we have today the first feud is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart.
2: Yes, and so what you can expect from us, we're going to be recapping the feud beat by beat, uh, angle by angle, promo by promo. We'll be mixing in some pop psychology, some random references here and there, and just trying to give you a good idea of what it was like to experience the feud as a fan, not as a backstage uh, participant, but as a fan watching the product. So James...
1: Why don't you give a little bit of a backstory of your
2: fandom with professional wrestling? All right, so I was at a cousin's house, house sitting for them with my family when I was seven years old. Sister and I were staying up late because this was our vacation, and channel surfing, we caught Saturday night's main event. It was the episode with Hulk Hogan against Hercules, and the one that I remember, Coco Beware versus Nikolai Volkoff. And from that moment, we were both hooked. My sister fell out of it two years later, and I was seven years old at the time, like I said, I never really did, so I've got a thirty plus year relationship with the w w e now i they got me like smoking they caught yeah. me like smoking hook 'em young, hook 'em good.
1: You mixed in other. Um, promotions as well along the way, right?
2: Yes, uh, Ring currently of Honor. Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, WCW followed closely for a long time, and ECW here and there, TNA here and there. Yeah, long history. Awesome. What about you?
1: So for me, as you will soon find out, I have a bad memory, but I think my earliest memory of wrestling was the action figures. Uh, I was at a cousin's house and he had like all of them, all of the the really old ones that would probably be worth money these days. Um, And I just thought, who are these people? They are amazing. I want to learn everything about this. And we had um, video stores in uh, our town, and they had all of the wrestling VHSs. And so I just went nuts and started getting all of them um, and just devouring them. And I think it wasn't until... I think it wasn't until 96 when I actually, like, watched the first pay-per-view, like, while it was going on. Um, Nice. So, yeah, up until then, it was just catching up on stuff, just periodically. Um, Developed a quick love for Shawn Michaels. Okay, of course. uh,
2: Your favorite to this day.
1: Yeah, and so I, I followed through high school, and then in college, I kind of got out a little bit, you know... Just, we didn't have Kate won the dorms, and I would see some of, you know, some pay-per-views here and there, but when I got married, I decided, okay, let me see if my wife would have any interest in wrestling at all, and so I showed her the Iron Man match pretty early on. Nice. And just pretty much watched her reaction the entire time and not the match. (laughs) And she loved it. She always fell with new fans. Yeah. Yeah. She fell for it, so... I kind of just took that as like, all right, well, then I can get back into wrestling. I was unemployed, great uh, yard yeah, to I, a marriage, and James came over and we watched...
2: Every Royal Rumble, we, I we think. just, for, like,
1: I just caught up on everything we, that yeah. I missed in college, and I've been watching ever since, so...
2: I want to talk about the VHS thing, because that's such a warm, fuzzy spot for so many people. That was one of my things that got me into being a deeper fan, was after I randomly found this my local video story network video they had wrestlemania one and two and so seeing hulk hogan and mr t for seven-year-old on the front of the box like i have to watch this this is great do you remember what your first tape was yes i do It was, um SummerSlam
1: 91 so it would have been yeah um macho the macho man wedding with miss elizabeth
2: were you wondering if every and wrestling show had a wedding at that point? No,
1: but I do remember just completely buying everything. And okay. And the stuff would shake. I don't know that I cried, but it's total possibility that I cried when...
3: Ah,
2: he ruined the reception. <laughs> he ruined the
1: reception, attacked them, take her was genuinely scary uh, to a whatever I would have been, seven-year-old at that point, so... Yeah, that was my first one. I still have it. So. By the way... I, I have... only kept a handful, but that's one of them.
2: That's awesome. Great show. <laughs> I have a pretty cool mom, by the way. I bring this up because she used to watch wrestling with me when I was a kid. She was petrified of snakes, so she saw once she'd have a nightmare. So whenever Jake the Snake wrestled, she'd cover her eyes, legitimately put both hands on her eyes and... Tell me to tell her when he was off the screen. I think a lot awesome. of people
1: covered their eyes when Jake the Snake was wrestling. So she wouldn't have been a of like that? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All
2: right, let's get into it. Let's start talking. Awesome. Let's go right into this. We're going to start from before the beginning, go all the way to the prologue, which is when Owen Hart first came back to the WWF in 1991 for the first time under his real name of Owen Hart. So the angle here was that Jim the Anvil Nightheart had been injured by Ric Flair. The Beverly Brothers attacked him on his way back to the backstage area. And Jim the Anvil Nightheart apparently called Bret Hart to say, hey, i I want to reform the Heart Foundation to get revenge. Brett was Intercontinental Champion at the time. He said, I can't do this right now. I've got too many title defenses. But I know somebody who is, and this was the quote they used, just as good, if not better than me, that can help take these guys out.
1: So he knew and it all along.
2: And so, right. (laughs) And so, thus, we have Owen Hart introduced to the WWF, The New Foundation is Foreign, which is the first time we see Owen and Jim the Anvil Knight Hart together. Now, Brett saying no to the Anvil there is going to come up later, and Owen and Anvil being connected, obviously, is going to be a big part of the story. But, Josh, do you remember any of this?
1: So, this is while Owen is wearing blue, right? Yes, this is is while he's wearing
2: blue. This is pre-Coco Beware.
1: (laughs) So... Oddly enough, what I remember about this is the action figures. Okay. So that's what I remember, I think. I know, We never had cable growing up, so this would have been me remembering backwards from like when I got the VHS in like 95 or something from Video Rental Place or something. I used to love
2: reading VHS of WWF.
1: That's how I watched all of it back in the day. Yeah,
2: yeah. That was actually what got me into being a fan first, too. So anvil disappears there's no real explanation given owen gets a brief singles run he gets a win at wrestlemania 8 over skinner who was jobber to the stars if there ever was one and then owen doesn't really do anything so they throw him into a tag team with coco beware and in the year 1992 doing anything with coco beware is death to your career so owen falls down the card quick And then we pick up with the next part of the prologue, which is a backstage interview just randomly out of the blue where Ray Rougeau interviews Owen Hart one-on-one, half a member of a chopper tag team, to say, hey, Owen, so high energy, how's that going? And Owen Hart, like to kind of foreshadow his heel run, right away tells a lie and says, 1992 was a great year for high energy. And then it takes Ray Rizzo all of 18 seconds to say, well, that's great, Owen, but let's talk about Brett. Huh? What about the world champ?
1: <laughs> always about Brett.
2: It's always about Brett, man. And so then Razor Ramon, who was the uh, contender for Brett's title at the time, runs in, attacks Owen Hart, starts choking him, and, and something that, like, kills me just randomly goes, a hey, Rocket, while he's doing the death choke on him, did your daddy teach you this one, man? <laughs> It's crazy. Very uh, awkward. And very awkward. So, I, James,
1: I have a question for you. Shoot. Brett is Owen's brother, right? Yes. Did he <laughs> help him out when Razor attacked him backstage?
2: So, <laughs> I don't think Brett knew it was happening. Mm. I'll tell you who didn't Ray Rougeau.
1: <laughs> That's true.
2: A heel back in the day, and apparently still a heel, even though he's a good guy commentator. <laughs> didn't do one thing. Uh, The next part of the Owen backstory is the end of High Energy. They get a title shot at Money Inc. for God knows what reason. And essentially, they take Coco Beware out of the match because that's not a hard thing to do if you're at Money Inc.'s level. And then they just double team Owen Hart into oblivion. They get like five two counts on him. They pick him up at two every time just so they can beat him up more. And then Brett runs out for the save. So this effectively, if you're finally, a, yeah, if you're a viewer, this established two things, right? Number one, oh Brett, what a great guy! He's a hero. He's saving the day. And number two, oh, I'm supposed to look at Owen Hart like he's nothing, like a jobber. They're clearly again de elevating his position. Now, do you want to talk backstory for a second here? Sure. Okay. One of the deals with this is that. Bruce Hart, um, Bruce Pritchard shared on his podcast that never heard of it. Right, <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of yeah. our quote unquote competition, yeah. <laughs> but he said that one of the ways they wanted to one of the ways they wanted to use Owen was basically just to have him as cannon fodder for Brett's opponents. They'd beat him up. Probably Brett's idea. Probably Brett's idea. <laughs> and then when That's Brett's it. feeding with Jerry Lawler, they do the exact same thing. Lawler pins Owen. Uh, kind of set up a match with brett the feud was first pitched to brett actually back around january february apparently like the brett versus owen feud this was about four or five months after the bulldog feud and so brett initially turned it down said we just did a family feud thing i don't want to do anything like that it's it would seem repetitious and so
1: how long was that bulldog
2: feud? It was only like a month okay basically it was just randomly one week Bulldog summer one contender he's getting the shot at SummerSlam. and there weren't any angles like you'd see today. It was just take turns talking for thirty seconds every week right. okay. and so they you know Brett turned it down and then he said, "Let me think about it," and then so they started Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson started pitching it to Vince. Vince was saying, "Ah brothers don't fight what's what's the matter with you two? And eventually what happened was Bruce Hart, who apparently was really good, really uh, convincing, came up with an idea, independent of them, that he should get into a rivalry with Brett. And Bruce, because he's such a good writer... I got
1: an idea. Yes. What if it's me? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, the, the story goes he didn't know that they had pitched this Owen feud. So Bruce convinces Vince that brother versus brother could work and so then they go to brett and brett says okay this sounds good but i don't want to do it with bruce i want to do it with owen the story goes that and then like bruce Pritcher and pat Patterson, like you know go in the back do their jump up and down shouting celebration like yes yes we finally got something for owen because they thought he was great they just needed to find something to do with him and then that's the backstory so that's all i'm going to say about that do you have any comments about that
1: no other than bruce never really went anywhere after
2: that he really didn't yeah I feel
1: such a bummer
2: i feel a little bad for him but then at the same time he sucked as a wrestler and owen did not
1: minor detail, minor Was not detail. A good wrestler.
2: all right so from here on out it's pretty much going to be kayfabe here we're going to be looking at the story elements of uh the rivalry the arcs the ups and downs the back and forth so let's get started proper yeah. okay Act One. Start with Rio Rogers.
3: Oh, baby, it's Rio Rogers in the Humphrey Kingdom oh, with him. The summer, you got knocked out, baby.
0: They kind of want oh, right. you.
3: All
2: right, Josh, what do you remember about Rio Rogers? Uh,
1: well, clearly, what I remember most is Sean's beautiful mullet. <laughs> um, the I don't know if you guys have seen it. You should look it up. Is it on YouTube?
2: Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Okay, so Sean and Rio go into. Uh, Stu and Helen's house. Quote, unquote, Stu and Quote, Helen. Unquote.
2: They're in they're old people masks. Just they a they people. look
1: like they're in Halloween costumes. <laughs> and they're just... <laughs> shitting on Brett and Owen the whole time. Th- like
2: yes, on the wall there is a full two-foot by three-foot poster of Brett and, like, a two-inch by three-inch picture of Owen right beside it.
1: I think Helen can't remember his She can't name. remember Owen's <laughs> name. She's
0: like, oh, Brett's my pride and joy, and this is, um... Um...
2: So yes, so that happens.
1: It pretty much ends And it ends, but,
2: Yeah, what's key about this is this is the first time that anybody says Owen's in the shadow. Because when they show those right. posters, yeah, they and, say the shadow. yeah Rear rosters goes, You know that Owen, he always was in red shadow. Dun, and dun, dun. yeah, da-da-da. Dun, dun, dun. So this is the first time this pop point's introduced. Uh, next thing on our watch list, which is on YouTube, if you want to... Uh, Check it out. Follow along with us. The Brett vs. Owen rivalry number one is what we label this playlist. Um, it's Brett Hart vs. IRS. Just skip to the end here. What happens is we're going into a match with Brett vs. Yoko at show, uh, Survivor Series Showdown, I think it was called. Yep. Maybe Sunday. Okay. I think so. And so Yoko Zuna comes out to ringside. He does something to get IRS disqualified. They go in for the attack, and then Owen runs out to save Brett so this is now introducing okay owens so brett's
1: in trouble yes owen comes out to help him <laughs> making sure i understand him.
2: i get the feeling i get the sense that you're uh, not big on brett in this rivalry <laughs>
1: you know just uh think that he would have a little bit more brotherly love <laughs> for his little little sibling
2: okay okay uh next spot point survivor series showdown brett so, James, i'm sorry fight. real fast no please
1: was IRS a huge career influence for you? <laughs> wow!
2: Well, I cannot say what my career is and whether or not it would have been influenced by when somebody that K, works for like, the IRS. If
1: only this could be my job. I
2: want to work for a company where I can wear red <laughs> suspenders <laughs> every day.
1: Which is, of course, what you wear Care every briefcase. day.
2: Every day. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, Brett versus Joko Survivor Series showdown. The way this ends, Josh, you want to describe this? You, okay. So the way it ends is that Brett gets Yoko in the sharpshooter. And Vince McMahon's on commentary, and he starts screaming, Yoko Yokozuna gave up. We have a new champion. Right. And then Owen kind of starts casually jogging down to the ring, slapping high fives with people. And Vince goes, Owen's oh, here for the celebration. He slides in the ring. Mr. Fuji and Cornette jump up on the apron. Owen knocks one down. Brett knocks the other one down. Yokozuna gets up, and Owen drop kicks Yokozuna. The ref then calls for the bell and says Yoko wins by disqualification because apparently he had never actually given up. Vince heard a phantom give up. Right. And so it starts with Owen costing Brett the WWF title. Now, as a viewer, Because we just heard Owens the Shadow, we didn't hear Brett you know win by submission, but we did see Yoko drop kick the champion and cost Brett his title shot. There's sort of that little seed of doubt there, like was that intentional? Was he just trying to not get deeper into the shadow? Right. But what's kind of cool about the way they present this is they don't say any of that. They leave this solely for your observation. You know, you can think it. But they're not going to force-feed it to you. Those
1: 8-year-olds in 1993, they were really picking up on all of the subtlety (laughs) of the feud, I'm sure.
2: Well, one of the things I kind of hate, and I call this the uh, sledge... Actually, I got this from a guy named Scott Keith, uh, the sledgehammer plot, is that when they hammer things home, they'll have something really cool and subtle, like the DX thing where Triple H and Sean both did a crotch chop at WrestleMania 22 like five months before they reformed DX. And it's just like, wait a second. And then one week on Monday Night Raw, there's a picture of DX family that they pass by. And they stopped to show a shot of Triple H staring at it for like eight seconds. It's like, oh, yeah, this cool subtle thing. And now you're really hammering people over the head with it. Slash hammering. It's like <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> All right. But that title match, that was like four days out of Survivor Series 93. And now we're at Survivor Series. All right, Josh, what did you think of the match?
1: So, great match.
2: Okay. Owen eliminates. We should probably say what the match is if somebody here hasn't watched this before.
1: Oh, man, with memory, James. I know there was
2: Brett. It's the Hart brothers. (laughs) Yeah, Brett, Owen, Bruce, and Keith. Right. Versus Shawn Michaels and his Knights, who are essentially James Bond ninjas here.
1: And who are, who are they? Are so, they not, Greg the that, Hammer Valentine and two like people Donald not Venus of prominence. It's
2: an indie guy named Jeff Gaylord and I think Barry Horowitz, I want to say, nice. it was the fourth one. But yeah, they're tripping over each other. They're running into each other. This is all in the first 60 seconds of the match, by the way. Right.
1: <laughs> Owen eliminates two people. Yes. He's on yeah. his way to his third, putting in all the work. <laughs> Brett's out there huffing and puffing. And he slams into Brett off the ropes. And everybody freaks out, worried about poor Brett. They go to the outside to look, see if he's alright. And uh, Owen gets eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, the conquering hero, Brett, comes back to save the day. Wins the event. Owen comes out to say, you know, appearingly to say, Good job, Brett, but really he ends up shoving him, kind of just verbally assaults him. Uh, Doesn't really, like, complete turn on him, but just kind of says, hey, what's going on? You know, I essentially did all the work, and you're getting all the credit for it.
2: Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Definitely unique, and they had built to it effectively, so you weren't totally caught off guard by it. One of the things I want to go out of my way to mention here, Bobby Heenan on commentary had about two dozen classic lines about the Hart family. So he's most well-known for his Royal Rumble 92 match. Bobby the Brain Heenan is his best performance. This might be number two. At some point, he mentions that we have 20 members of the Hart family sitting together at ringside. So we can justifiably label that section of the arena as a ghetto. He says, have you ever noticed how none of the heart siblings look alike? He then takes that back and says, you know what? Actually, the daughters all do look a lot like Helen, same age and everything. At some point, he innocently says, I just saw Stu lean over and say, Helen, I'm damp. What could that mean? God. Um. So, yeah thing at all. And then Vince says, come on, they're a good-looking family. Bobby Heenan starts cracking up hysterically and says, please just tell our director not to get any more shots of them because America's Most Wanted line must be blowing up right now.
1: <laughs> so just classy stuff. yeah, just around.
2: Classy Bobby, you know, stuff you probably couldn't say today at all. Uh, which is good, but yeah. That so, was Bobby Heenan.
1: So when Owen is eliminated i think it's i don't know if it's heenan or not but somebody yells the shadow is gone
2: that's gotta be heenan okay that's what i I thought right away Ray combs is like owen's eliminated like it was unexpected you know and so yeah he goes down Shawn michaels walks away from the match when it's you know three on one and then owen comes back out and he shoves brett he tells bruce and keith i don't need you i don't need you Brett puts his arm on his shoulder to kind of console him, and Ellen knocks it halfway into Canada. just And they show Helen at ringside, and she's crying.
1: Yeah, was that, uh, you think, legit there? She's just overcome with emotions?
2: I think she did Her the best. sons
1: were uh, fighting?
2: That that was her best acting job because they tried to get drama shots of helen off and on throughout brett's run this was the best job she ever did i think it was the first one she ever did too not County summer slam 91 where she's just like i'm so proud but yeah this was really good um josh and i are actually watching this match right now we're seeing owen come down to the ring this was the biggest match of owen's career so far and
1: kind of a coming out party
2: yeah interesting and again symbolism owen gets a really good reaction when he comes out here and it's kind of impressive and then brett's completely eclipses it yeah so
1: one thing i noticed we watched a lot of old stuff there was a superstars interview something really small the crowd for that superstars was louder than <laughs> I've seen in the last five to ten years. It's just crazy what the fans were like back then.
2: I don't know how much of that is legit or how much of it is crowd-sweetening, you know, like if they up it in post-production. Um, one of the things WWE's taken criticism for in recent years is turning down the microphones when the crowd sure. is booing right. Roman Reigns, say. But, um...
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that. It definitely sounds like Bret Hart is the Beatles when he comes out to a few of those interviews.
2: Yes. This is actually going to come up in a minute here. The next thing in this story, um, actually not quite. We'll get to this in a minute. But yeah, Bret getting this Beatles-like reaction. That's going to come up. That's going to be a big part of this. Because if you are familiar with this, you know we're going toward WrestleMania 10 and what happens there. But at Survivor Series, Lex Luger is supposed to be the face of the company. The show even opens up with Lex Luger on a couch with his wife and his two kids, explaining what, quote, American Thanksgiving, end quote, is and why it's important. And then they go to the family feud match, and we've got 20 members of the Hart family there. So yeah, let's see. are Canadian. Well, I'm just saying, maybe Canadian Thanksgiving is better than American <laughs> Thanksgiving based on who wants to show up for it. Um, all right, so Owen shoves his brother, says he doesn't need anybody. Oh, uh, Brett, Keith, and Bruce all sort of awkwardly leave the ring. Helen's crying. Stu starts walking to the back. And Owen jumps up on the second rope, throws his hands in the air. And the crowd boos. And this is the first time Owen gets booed in the WWF.
1: And it's magical.
2: <sighs> it's Yes, the heavens are opening up. It's The rain's starting to go away. It's starting to get uh, clear. I
1: really do think, you know, I know we're kayfabe mostly but when i was a kid i just loved heels so much and i still do and i think this had to have been the first time that i was like uh he's a jerk and the crowd loves it i mean they hate it but you know he's getting a reaction so i think this might have been i mean sean was always back then kind of a tool so i mean i'm sure that helped but Owen being a heel it's just great
2: so that was your first
1: as far as i can remember i mean I know Jake being a heel of that infamous SummerSlam 91 VHS, but I think I was more scared of Jake.
2: Yeah, he was frightening back (laughs) then. Than I was
1: of... Oh, and I was like, that would be me if I was out there. I would be (laughs) terrible. And the crowd would hate me, so I can relate to it.
2: At that point, did you give the rest of the heels the Ric Flair line? It's like, only one of you can be first, but any one of you could be next. Yes, (laughs) very much so. (laughs) So after survivor series again owen walking back to the dressing room throws up his hands again gets booed even louder we go to superstars of wrestling that saturday and there's a special report gorilla monsoon brings up what happened says i've got my opinions but i'm going to keep them to myself let's hear from and he's already calling Bretton and owen kane and abel right yes (laughs) in fact
3: we have kane and abel standing by let's get their insights
0: It was a family feud, but it wasn't supposed to be the family against me. I'm sick and tired of carrying the load of this family and never getting any recognition. It's always you, Brett! Well, I'm not carrying the load anymore. I carried the load at the Survivor Series. I had two down, and I was going for number three. When you, Brett, poor Brett, he fell off the ring apron, and the whole family, they flocked to you, Brett, and they left me all alone. Well, I got pinned, and I got eliminated! I was out of the Survivor Series, and then you have a victory celebration after you won the Survivor Series match, and you left me all alone. You didn't care to think about inviting me back. Well, that's okay. I know where I stand with the family. Obviously, you don't care about me. But you, Brett, you've been a problem for a long time for me, and you stay out of my way because I'm looking out for number one.
3: Oh, and this is your brother Brett talking, and we got to talk, you know, you got to put this behind you. I know you got a bad temper, you're upset because you 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 know, you were the only one that lost in this thing. That, that is not important, think about it. You know, the, the whole family worked great, and there's a family, and everyone's proud of each other, and we're especially proud of you. You did great. And you can't let this thing get to you like that. I know you got a bad temper, but you've got to put this thing behind you. The rest of the family's all up in arms about this thing. Owen, listen to me, this is your brother. I'm going to ask you one thing. you sit down with me, mom, dad, and we're going to settle this thing. Get it all worked out. Everything's got to be fine. This is family.
1: And Owen explains that he had two down. He was going for number three. Explains himself, you know, exactly like I said. Knocks Brett (laughs) off the ropes. Poor, poor Brett. And then they got Brett coming out there being all condescending, saying, well, we're proud of you. Um, We'll get past this, you know, just real big brother kind of like just dismissive of owen right yeah say james
2: i would so i brett's my favorite of all time but i'm going to agree with this owen brings up that brett was way out of position he should have known better and accidents happen he's a
1: veteran
2: he's a veteran (laughs) what i thought was kind of cool here was owen says when i was getting pinned i look where's keith where's bruce they're all worried about poor brett brett's always the one getting the intention and i get eliminated and then nobody invites me back to celebrate now if you watch the ring there is nobody waving to the back we go to brett he again it's kind of condescending what do you want to say
1: I think eventually there is another interview where Brett says something like, we had talked ahead of time. Yes,
2: he says that Stu told everybody, no matter what happens, everyone celebrates together. Right,
1: but yeah, but that first initial reaction of him is essentially saying, like, get over it, you know.
2: Yeah, Brett straight up says, twice, Owen, I know you've got a temper, which is the sort of thing a big brother would say to a little brother, that if you're the little brother you would it be kind of condescending. Yeah. My wife always tells me I can't tell her to calm down, it'll just fire her up more. <laughs> it's
1: a lot like that.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Owen Hart is the wife of Brett the Hitman Hart <laughs> Hold in many on. ways. Um,
1: you're twisting it.
2: <laughs> All right, so just real quick, I want to cover superstar of the year award here. So there is a fan vote for 900 line superstar of the year. Uh Is and... that
1: line still active? <laughs> We can only hope.
2: <laughs> They've been pimping this for a couple of weeks on Monday Night Raw. They did on the Survivor Series Tour three times. And when they do this award, they, for whatever reason, well, I know why, they make sure to introduce, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce the man who came in second because the funny was very close. He got second place. It's Lex Luger. And Luger comes out, and he gets a good reaction. And it's just this funny, like, okay, didn't win, but don't worry, you guys. Lex still got second. Voting was super close. He's the best. Look at Lex. Ask him about American Thanksgiving. He's just so awesome. So
1: what is the deal with this? Is this a legit poll numbers? Like,
2: yeah, yeah. So
1: why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just say Lex won? And you guys should love Lex and watch him body slam Yokozuna.
2: Vince, this is... Bruce Pressure stuff. Vince has this weird thing where if he does a poll, he wants the results to be legitimate. There's stories about this. Chris Joker has a story about beating Rand York in a poll for a match with CM Punk where nobody expected him to do it. Uh, but yeah, the voting in WWF polls generally is for whatever reason... So when the reason, laptop care... was the GM on <laughs> <No. laughs> Raw? <Roll. laughs> I mean, that was a character. okay, But the voting apparently is on the up and up. And so when Lex didn't win, yeah, that may have been the first sign that maybe Lex isn't our guy. You know? I
1: mean, I did like Lex back then. Yeah. Day, but... but yeah,
2: they opened Survivor Series with Lex. They closed Survivor Series with Lex whispering to Santa Claus what his Christmas wish was, which we're to assume <laughs> is another title shot. Right. <laughs> well, he didn't. <laughs> and so Brett comes out. And right after you know Brett does his um, you know collection of the award, thanks to the fans, blah, 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 Owen has a match. And Bobby Heenan tries to get a word with Owen, and Owen shuts him down. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to talk about Brett winning. And it's funny here, okay, because Owen exploded at Survivor Series. He exploded during the special report. But when somebody's trying to sort of exploit the story, he doesn't want to do that. Right. So he has some control over his emotions here. But when he does talk about him, it's never calmly. It's like he's bottling.
1: Right, and it makes it seem more legit. Yeah.
2: Because,
1: you know, he can answer calmly sometimes, and other times it's he can't help himself.
2: Absolutely. And so later in that episode, they get a word with Owen backstage. This is Vince, and Vince is generally the good guy commentator, and he... Ask Owen about Brett winning And Owen says Brett wins again Big deal right Big surprise well next week I'm going to have A little surprise of my own And then this takes us to The only thing i mentioned ever to Happen on All American Wrestling (laughs) The Owen Hart sit down Interview with Vince McMahon So
1: This is where he challenges Brett?
2: This is where he challenges Brett Okay I want to sidebar here really quick. Sure. And I apologize, I've been talking a lot. There, When Vince has a sit-down interview, if you're a long-term fan, red flags are immediately going off. Like, okay, Vince is going to stir the crap. And so, there's a history of this. The Larry Zbysko-Bruno San Martino feud, the legendary feud everybody's heard of, if you're a fan. Mm-hmm. It started with Larry dodging interviews for a couple weeks, and then challenging bruno to a scientific match now bruno's on commentary after this with vince and they're supposed to be really good friends and bruno's saying i just had no idea he felt like he was in the shadow i i don't know how to feel i don't he's confused and Vince is like yeah but but bruno what about the challenge are you gonna take the challenge or not and he's kind of prodding it on in the build of the wrestlemania one andre the giant gets his head shaved by big john studd Vince does a sit-down interview with Andre. Andre says, I've already beaten him. I got nothing to prove. He did that because he was afraid of me. I'm not going to take the bait. And Vince goes, okay, Andre, but you understand that some people will think that Andre the Giant is short for Andre the Giant Coward. <laughs> and Andre <laughs> says, I don't care. You don't care. I just think it's a shame that some kids will think their hero has a yellow streak going down his back. And Vince is the good guy commentator like, here. If you've only watched wrestling in the last 20 years, and oh my gosh, how old are we now? Yeah. <laughs> you expect that out of Vince. but
1: It's like he's writing on camera. Like, yes. He wants to make sure that everything goes right. So he's like, I'll do this. I'll insert myself whenever the wrestler is dropping, you know, character for a minute, and I'll make sure that they remember. What they're supposed to be saying.
2: Yes. Alright, so enough with Andre and I'm Bruno. Back to Earth now. Uh Vince McMahon, horrible role model everywhere, says to Owen, there are people who think I mean, I'm not going to call it a family feud, being sure to slide that term in there. But there is some obvious friction. It's obvious. Everyone can see it oh <laughs> talk about it now. Camera's right over there. Owen says that, as a kid, he was a better football player, had better academic scores, and I'm assuming they cut off before Owen started talking about who got laid more in high school. (laughs) And then there's some discussion about Owen and Brett leading the charge to defend the family honor. Owen thinks he did more of it than Brett in the match, and he did eliminate more people than Brett. He got rid of two, Brett got rid of one. Uh, Owen says Brett's a veteran of the ring Should have known where he was with his ring position It's Brett's fault he got eliminated it Brings up the family not being there To break up the pin Because they're worried about poor Brett Because it's always about Brett And then The celebration complaint That they didn't invite him back Is brought up again And then In Vince's Total just a whole moment here says well many justifiably and he uses the word justifiably <laughs> thinks that you are and then after saying justifiably he says how can I put it delicately like he wasn't just an a-hole yeah. and Owen says go ahead I'm the shadow and after that we get Owen challenging Brett to a match right.
3: many justifiably and without making you angry feel the You're living in a... Go on, Vince. How do I say it delicately?
0: The shadow. Go on, say it. The shadow. I've been living in the shadow of you, Brett, all my life, and I'm sick and tired of it. So, Brett, there's only one way to solve this thing, with me being the shadow of you, the hitman. That's right. Why don't you go out and step up to the plate? You and me, face-to-face, one-on-one. I'm challenging you, Brett, my brother, to a fight, one-on-one, just to prove to everybody, my family, All my friends, the wrestling fans out there, to you, Vince, that I can beat you, Brett.
1: And Brett responds, is that the same?
2: It's the next week. Next week on? All-American Wrestling. Okay. Again, this is legit, I think, the only thing that ever happened of note on this show. Yeah.
1: And Brett essentially says, pass.
2: Right. (laughs) Okay. He says, he brings up that, what you brought up Before, that Stu had told everybody To come back out and celebrate Uh, Vince asked him about the Academic scores, and who was, if Owen Really was a better football player <laughs> Brett gives the only rational Answer, which is, he goes Yeah, but I mean, does that matter?
1: <laughs> Look at me now <laughs> Vince is just such a good journalist, you know He's got to follow up on those right. Academic scores Uh,
2: Vince thinks brett's being very humble Brett said yeah i've accomplished more than owen but i got here years before owen he hasn't been here nearly as long he's got a big career ahead of him still
3: this impression that owen's uh, living in my shadow i don't i don't buy that at all owen's never had to live in my shadow i came a little bit before Owen to the World Wrestling Federation. I started out here before Owen, and I went on to achieve a number of successes and all of these things. I'm proud of everything I ever accomplished in the World Wrestling Federation. I am really proud of all those things, as I think my whole family is. And, and Owen should be. There were never things that uh, uh, hurdles for him to try to, to get over To They're just things, goals maybe for him to uh, set for himself. And, and Owen's, uh, you know, he's he's got a, his whole career ahead of him.
2: And Vince, again, just won't let this shadow thing go. And he wants to know if Brett's going to accept the challenge. And do you remember how Brett answers this? I do not. Okay, he Brett kind of, you know, talks about his honor, his legacy. Says, I'd like to live up to being the thing I say I am, which is the best there is, Was and ever will be. And I'll take on anybody. But under no circumstances oh, yeah. will I ever, ever, ever fight my own brother.
3: But let's get to the matter at hand he has challenged you to a match to prove to you brett to prove to your whole family and everyone in the world wrestling federation that he does not live in your shadow to prove that he is the better wrestler your response will you accept the challenge um let me i know there's all kinds of people would love to see that. I mean people love to see any kind of uh, controversial fight. A fight, a great fight is a great fight. People thrive on that. And uh, I've never ever ducked any kind of a challenge. I've never backed away from anybody. And uh, I I would wrestle anybody. And I I like to uh, live up to those words To say I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be. And I take on anybody but under no circumstances would I ever. Absolutely, positively not ever step in the ring with my own brother under any circumstances. Uh, I won't do it. Uh, There's a point, and this is as far as it'll go. I I, uh, I will not fight my brother.
1: It's like in movies when they do that, and then like they cut to the next scene, and they're... Yeah. You know, I will never ride in this car again, and then they show them riding in the car again. <laughs> exactly. But the next thing they do is they make up, right? Yeah. So they're never going to fight. It's all over.
2: That's right. We get a couple of weeks of just being in this spot where Owen wants to fight, Brett won't fight. And on New Year's Eve this airs, over Christmas, they reconciled
3: and I knew that Owen and I had to sit down and we had to resolve this thing and that's exactly what we've done. You know, maybe I'm never going to find out who was a better wrestler. Actually, I feel a lot better about it. I didn't want to fight my brother Owen. I knew we could channel our energy in a better direction and that direction is against the Quebecers and we are going to win the World Wrestling Federation Tag
0: Team titles as a unit. United we stand! Divided, we fall. Right, Owen? Well, you know, that's right, Brett. I know after Survivor Series, I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said. It doesn't matter if they were true or not. It really doesn't matter. Because 1994 is going to be our year. The Rocket is going to be taken off, and I'm going to have my brother, Brett, there right behind me. And the Quebecers, we're coming after you. We're gunning for those World Tag Team Championships. And with my brother, Brett, and the Rocket leading the way, you're going to be hitched right behind me, Brett. And we're going to get those belts, and we're going to make 1994 a memorable year. For the
1: rocket and for the hitman, too so this is this is where I was like, I forgot that this happened when I was a kid, and re-watching it, I was like, "What the hell? <laughs> like they're doing all of this build up, and then all of a sudden, I think that promo is a total of sixty seconds, like it's not long, and it's essentially them saying, like, "Hey, over the holidays we made up, we love each other." Just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're a tag team.
2: And we're going to beat the Quebecers at the Royal Rumble and take the tag belts.
1: And is it that one? There's one where Brett says he's committing to be a tag team wrestler now. Is that the same one? That's the next That's okay. the
2: next story. But yeah. Gotcha. So we get them making that match. They're going to fight the Quebecers for the tag belts. Monday Night Raw, formerly one-hour show it was at this time. In and, good old days right the first big raw moment uh, that was super memorable was the one two three kid complete jobber at the time pinning razor ramon out of nowhere and oh, that hall made of the famer, kid a star one, two, three, hall kid. of famer one two three kid should we count that because i mean like he's going along there with <laughs> hall of Famer billy Gunn, and that still doesn't
1: i don't think we have time for this discussion okay <laughs>
2: So Marty Gennetti had another one of the first big Raw moments when he beat your boy Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. And so they, together, um, Kid and Marty, who, and by the way, they won the opening match of Survivor Series 93, so there were some seeds there. Right. They get a title shot, and they shock the world. Each of them getting their second huge upset on Raw. They beat the Quebecers. They're the new tag team champions. Now, Owens lost his shot. He had waited all this time. He was super excited to be with Brett. He was finally getting his chance. And this special report, we get words from all three teams. So
1: And I think but I think at this point he was still excited to just face the Quebecers at the Rumble regardless.
2: No. He Brett starts out the promo. Again, Brett sees and he's been champion many times. Says, I'd like to congratulate Marty and the kid they're going to be great champions and i and owen says you know that's great great for them but what about us what about me this was my big shot and now it's gone because the match with the quebecers is still on it's just not for the belts anymore right and so brett says don't worry about it and then one of my favorite brett he says i know kid and marty are jam up (laughs) whatever brett says jam up guy (laughs) there's this little part of my inner child that sings because I know that the 1-2-3 kid and Marty Gennetti are jammed up. He says, I know they'll give us a title shot. And Owen just kind of <laughs> goes like, well, I hope they do. And that's it. We go to the Quebecer, Jacques says something, Pierre goes,
0: ah!
2: And then Marty Gennetti and the kid think they're going to keep the belts, which of course they do not, because they're Marty Gennetti and the 1-2-3 kid in so 1994. So what,
1: what was with them winning that for half a month?
2: It it was only to advance the Brett Owens story. It was basically to hit the point where okay, Owens back. He's happy he's with Brett. His town shot's gone, and he's completely deflated. You again. you
1: think X Punk is very proud of that championship lane? Uh,
2: I never trusted <laughs> X Punk, and I still don't. <laughs> but so monday night raw owen does a squash match again brett's in his corner for support and they interview owen after the match because the rematch is that night not on raw but it's in msg and vince asks going owen who do you want to win and so owen says nothing against marty and the kid you know but i would like a title shot and so i'm hoping the quebecers are gonna beat them and then Vince, again, stirring the shit, says, "Oh, <laughs> well, okay, well, Brett, how about you? <laughs> and Brett says, I could never wish luck to the Quebecers. Uh, I know Marty and the Kid, you know, are going to give us a shot, especially after we beat the Quebecers at the Rumble, so right. go do it, guys. The
1: logic of this just makes no sense to me. Like, they're the next in line for the belts, but only if the Quebecers win. If Marty and One Two Three Kid when Right, they're going to wrestle the Quebecers for the hell of it at the Rumble.
2: So the KFA reason was that there are contracts, and at the time there was a history of doing this. At SummerSlam '89, there was a bit where Brainbusters had a match scheduled with the Hart Foundation, and then Brainbusters won the tag titles. Well, because they already had the contract, it was a non-title match. Okay,
1: so it wasn't a number one contender no saying it was
2: just yeah contract right gotcha okay so that takes us to quebecers winning the belts back and now it's the weekend of the rumble and we have a nice little podium interview with brett and owen hart and when we come back we'll get right into that interview We're back, and we're about to cover the day of the Royal Rumble. This was a big, big plot point in this feud. I want to backtrack for just a second that Raw exchange we had with Brett and Owen in the interview after the match. There's this great little moment I forgot to hit on where when Brett is saying, you know, we want to wish Marty and the Kid luck, I could never root for the Quebecers, and Owen had just said he was rooting for the Quebecers. There's this very cool moment where Owen kind of bites his bottom lip. He looks at the ground, and then he looks right at the camera. And it's kind of this mix of anger and guilt on his face. And that's it. Like, nobody makes anything of it. But it's these nice little storytelling, these subtle touches that make this feud, I think, one of the best ever. Um, Josh, so going into the Rumble, what are you thinking?
1: So the superstars, is it the day before? The rumble no, the, the day. day of, that's right, because they used to be on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. They have the interview where Owen is very earnest. Oh and rewatching this, I was telling James, I was like It'll genuinely your heart. moved.
0: Ray, honestly, I want you to listen and listen good. Everything is okay between me and Brett. I honestly, everything is great. Things haven't been better between Brett and I. Tonight is going to be our night. I just want you to picture this. Five different times I watched my brother Brett come home and he brought a different WWF belt home and he laid it on that dining room table. And mom and dad, they watched and it was a sight to see. God, it made us all so proud. Well, tonight, mom, tonight, dad, this is gonna be my night with Brett because we're going for those WWF belts and this is gonna prove to everybody that it really can happen. I'm finally gonna get my big break. I'm finally going to get my chance, and it's going to be great. The Rocket is going to be blasting off higher than he's ever gone before, and the Hitman, he's going to be right on top of that Rocket. And you know where we're going? Straight to the top. The Quebecers, you guys are going down. The Rocket and the Hitman, we're going to be number one.
1: Owen's like just telling his mom and dad, you know, you were always there for Brett. Always, He's always the one that brought home the belt, and you always celebrated And essentially, tonight, I'm going to be the one bringing home the belt. Of course, ignoring the fact that Brett would also still be bringing home a belt if they won the tag titles. Yeah. But they would be celebrating Owen, and that's really all he ever wanted.
2: It is. One of the key parts about this is you get the impression going through these months that he's really just seeking his parents' approval. This interview, like you said, he's talking about the pride on his mom's face when Brett would set that belt on the, on the dining room table and the family would celebrate and he's never got to do that and so with like the biggest smile you've ever seen he's like well tonight mom and dad i'm bringing home a belt too and goosebumps yeah goosebumps straight up and it's almost shakespearean where this story is going that's The elements of tragedy are all laid out right there.
1: He also says in the interview that uh, the Hitman will be riding on top of the rocket, so I just wanted to point that out as well.
2: (laughs) Yes, he did.
1: (laughs) Moment of such, you know, genuine feeling to a dick joke right yes that's that's wrestling well done that's
2: wrestling that's wrestling so the realm pay-per-view we get another brett owen interview before the match they repeat some of the talking points you know owen's gonna bring it home to the dining room table put it right there brett says to say we're a little overconfident would be an understatement because you got the best of the technical and the best of the aerial yeah it's
1: funny looking back that owen was considered an aerial superstar you know oh my gosh i mean he was but just like these days you're like oh he jumped off the top rope once or twice
2: well to sidebar here the most awkward moment of the history of monday night raw involved That's a
1: lot of moments here there are a from... lot of
2: moments this one was accidental i'll say it like that it's not a hand being born or anything <laughs> like that uh neville was in the king of the ring tournament and michael Cole and booker t are on commentary And Michael Cole says, you know, if Neville won King of the Ring, he'd be the first ever high flyer to win King of the Ring. And then the voices go silent for a second, and you get the idea that maybe Vince is yelling. And then Michael Cole goes, well, except for Owen Hart, he was a high flyer. He was King of the Ring. And then without missing a beat, Booker T goes, yeah, yeah, but the difference is Owen Hart did not defy gravity. Which you're right i know that what he means because they always said neville was the man that gravity forgot but it was just one of these like Ugh, does he
1: realize what like he, he just he said just moments dug it even deeper yes
2: yeah so booker t is great for awkward you think moments they have or... audio
1: of what vince was saying to him somewhere
2: <sighs> you never know <laughs> they used to have on youtube this live beat of smackdown because it would air two days later and it would be like the unedited dialogue from the commentator's side. You wouldn't hear what Vince would say. Okay. But you'd get stuff like Michael Cole saying, you want me to say it again? Again. Because I feel like I just said it 20 GD times. <laughs> and so... It's this is
1: l- put out by the WWE?
2: No, it was just somebody, somebody intercepted the satellite feed nice. and they put it on YouTube live. Yeah. Okay. Owen, he's so excited. It's like he's about to graduate high school. Who knows what comes after tonight? It could be anything. Uh, and again, in this excitement, Owen really is revealing the rejection he's carried around that seemingly exists only in his head. You know, and I say this with respect to all the little brothers of the world out right. there, but there's been a lot of talk about owen saying his parents never cared about him they never loved him like they did brett he hasn't had the success of brett but you'll notice brett's not saying this no one is saying this but owen and him talking about winning the belts here it's almost like if you've ever had um that friend where it's a little uncomfortable and they're talking about some girl they met like yeah it's just fate it's just meant to be we're just meant to be together and it'll just be perfect and Owen here says when the quebecers won i knew it was fate brett and again we're setting up the elements of shakespearean tragedy well you were there
1: james in the dungeon when brett was bullying him picking on him all those years
2: Actually, yes. I love that stuff is to come. The stories of Brett bullying Owen in the dungeon. I love that stuff. And again, there are so many things. With this feud, by the way, Owen talking about how Brett's favored, Brett saying, I don't think that's the case. But you get how it would seem like the case with these stories of Brett bringing the title home. And he doesn't dispute that this happens, that his parents just like, glow over these title wins and owen's just sort of sitting there smiling and nodding
1: but you also get the sense of brett's personality that he wasn't taking it home and rubbing his face or anything it was just i want another belt sorry you know that kind of thing
2: it's complicated you can understand both characters sides of it there isn't really good or bad there's they just have this issue they are It's tension, you know, it's sibling rivalry, accidental as it is, and you really can sympathize with both characters here.
1: So looking back on this feud, in particular, the years-long feud, you really get a sense that they knew what they were doing back then. (laughs) Not to commentate on today's, you know, but it does seem like it changes with the week these days, you
2: know. Some stuff, yeah. I would really defend some things, uh... Especially this past year, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Of course, I'd put that in my top five or ten favorite feuds ever, as far as execution and setup. But yeah, sometimes Bailey Sasha Banks comes to mind, and they're two of my favorites. But what was that? Yeah, I guess
1: that's true. It is Bret and no, I mean, it's, you know, it's the two, you know, two of the biggest wrestlers ever. It's not like they had this kind of writing for doink the clown or anything
2: well it's funny because two of the biggest wrestlers ever now at the time owen hart was way down the totem pole this was by far his big break
1: we have the rumble on in the room now and i just i can't handle (laughs) paul Paul bear with a riding whip
2: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get owen hart on the funeral parlor later
1: yeah i'm pretty sure that james asked me to watch owen on the funeral parlor just to mess with me (laughs)
2: In case I forget to talk about it later, one of the things I do think everybody needs is a a spiritual guidance counselor that exists in the voice of Paul Bearer.
3: But Owen, why? Why
2: would you hurt your mother and father? Why? I just don't know whose idea
1: it was to have Paul Bearer host the interview segment on... A weekly show but it was
2: a weird Was it call. bruce pritchard <laughs> maybe i i loved it i used to
1: love the funeral parlor what's weird is i think i did too when i was a kid but right. looking back i'm like oh my god i can barely watch this
2: <laughs> let's hear your best paul bear nope. real quick nope <laughs> Look at
1: i did see paul bear turn on the undertaker live uh, well you were there james yeah SummerSlam 96
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, we were at that show together. Didn't even know each other then. No. Alright, so, I just want to bring up Owen... He starts talking about the celebration after the match. Bring the title home to the mom and dad, like we talked about. But saying that he just wants approvable... Approval, you know, number one reveals he thinks he needs his parents' approval. He doesn't think he has it. And number two, he totally misses that brett who some feels the best wrestler in the world just called him the best aerial wrestler in the world so he's getting the credit from brett he's apparently getting it from his parents but he's not getting it in the way that he needs to hear it right
1: and that's one thing i noticed about with this feud as well is heenan whoever it was whenever they were talking bad about somebody they still were elevating them at the same time, yes. Which is very, very uh, underrated skill. I think not
2: everybody can do it. Michael Cole, when he was a heel commentator, sucked. He buried everybody. Yep. But yeah, Heenan would build guys up. What yeah, do- go- doofy son-in-law? He, <laughs> <laughs> yes. The thing I was hitting with uh, Owen oh, here. There's a psychological term called the arrival fallacy, and basically, it's when somebody will get in their head. Well, once I have this then i'll be happy and it's the celebrities on drugs thing you know you hit this point you always wanted to get and then it doesn't feel like you expected it to feel like so it's a tragedy either way you think that you're heading towards if owen gets the belt it's not going to be enough if he doesn't get the belt that's going to be horrible but he can't see it the problem yeah either way the problem is he doesn't think he's enough He's putting his value of himself and the approval of his parents.
1: Enough is enough, James. Yes,
2: and it's time for a change for Owen Hart, and that's where we're at with this match. Brett and Owen Hart versus the Quebecers. Josh, what did you think of the match? I mean, not a
1: five-star match. Okay. You know, um, Owen's definitely showing off his skills, though. So Yes. Again, at the same time as you're elevating someone, you're also... Well, at the same time as you're, you know, diminishing somebody, you're elevating them. Um, I think they work really good together as a tag team. Yeah. Shocker. The Heart Foundation is good. (laughs) Hot take. But, yeah, I wish they would have wrestled together longer, you know.
2: I do, too. There is one match, and... We didn't cover it here because it has nothing to do with the feud, but we wanted to talk about it. Brett Noah, Hart versus the Steiner Brothers. If you can find this, and it's on the Heart and Soul DVD that came out a few years ago, it might also be on the network if WrestleFest 94 is on the network. One of the best tag matches you'll ever see. And it's just like each guy takes turns doing their like 5 or 10 best moves. It's crazy. It's
1: awesome. And what is that, what is that from? WrestleFest? Uh, WrestleFest
2: 94 It was just randomly taped for a, a VHS tape Yeah it's huh. just Compilation of matches And I'm pretty sure What else was on that WrestleFest 94 <sighs> Razor Ramon vs Shawn Michaels in a house show match nice. um, I would bet money That that match The Hearts against the Signers Was just one of them saying Okay we've got three weeks Can we please do this match Just to see how good it will be And they let them do it sometimes Yeah They <laughs> relent
1: Nice
2: yeah, there's a Heart Foundation LOD match from ninety one that I'm pretty sure one of those four requested too before the, like right before the Hearts broke up. Alright, anyway, in the match, Quebecers look more dangerous than they ever have. They they do a body part match, they work Brett's leg, and keep this in mind, the story of Brett Hart's leg is gonna be a big deal in the next three months. But they just go to work on the leg, like Josh said, Owen is shining and Come around and Josh, describe what unfolds in the end here with Brett going for the sharpshooter. I'm
1: trying to remember exactly. He. I can't remember. Okay.
2: He... No, it's okay. It's okay. So, after Brett's been beaten down for a good five, ten minutes, he kind of catches a break and he's just beat. And so he gets the advantage and he glances over at Owen. The Quebecers have cut off the ring. Owen's way across. Brett's limping. And he has to make a choice of whether To do a move or go for the tag And he kind of decides Okay I don't think this guy's beat up enough I'm going to beat him up more and then I'll tag But then the Quebecers get the advantage again This happens like twice On the third occasion Brett is closer And now it's really debatable Like he could probably make a tag But it's in debate and The That's story right. is in the heat of the match He might think he can't So instead of Or he going, doesn't
1: trust his younger brother
2: and that's how owen would see it you, you don't know you know you don't know and so instead of going for a tag brett in his injured state tries to put on the sharpshooter and he just collapses grabbing his knee i think the quebecers put on a half crab maybe
1: owens sounds right.
2: in the corner screaming for the tag and the referee calls for the bell and Howard Finkel makes the point to announce that even though Bret Hart did not submit, the referee stopped the match as he has deemed him unable to continue. And he awards it to the Quebecers. Funny point here, by the way, when Owen was getting like beaten into the ground by Money Inc. a year ago, ref didn't stop the match. <laughs> Bret getting beaten into the ground, that's a very ref uh, stops the rare match. stoppage
1: there by the ref that he just can't watch it anymore. <laughs> can't watch the beating anymore.
2: Yeah, there. I mean... And it plays into the story of Brett being favored by everybody. It's odd continuity that, I don't care if it's accidental or not, it makes for a really cool story. And so Owen just starts kicking the rope. He's so angry that he's lost his one shot. And then from there, as Vince McMahon would say, then and from there, we... We get the big moment, the kick heard round the world. All right, so Josh, Brett struggles to his feet. Owen's berating him the whole time. Brett, every time he starts to try to speak, he'll wince in pain and kind of grab his knee. Owen doesn't stop the berating. And another part of this story here, this is, again, so well done, the One of the first things we covered was Brett versus Yokozuna, where Owen accidentally costs Brett the WWF title. Brett takes it in stride. He doesn't really do anything. Well, here we got Brett theoretically accidentally making a call in the ring, costing Owen the tag team title. And Owen just can't forgive him for it. And so with Brett, again, trying to explain, you know, but he can't talk... Owen sidesteps and lays in the kick to the back of his knee.
1: Kick her around the world.
2: Absolutely.
1: Watch it on repeat every morning.
2: <laughs> and so the crowd here, this is the loudest heel heat of yep, the night by sure. far. And one of the loudest of the year. This is huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they love him as much as they do, you know, the Beatles pop, then anybody that screws over Brett, then they're on the shit list for sure.
2: Right, and it's crazy how much... Owens Hart, Owen Hart's career has moved forward in these short few months. He right. went from just an underneath guy, mostly, to a star. And he is about to be in the biggest or second biggest advertised match for WrestleMania coming up.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think to be, that's a lot of credit to Owen as well, to be able to be put in that position and then follow through you know
2: absolutely there's a lot to talk about how vince mcmahon will make guys or certain guys get certain pushes well guys get pushes but that's really just a chance jack swagger who i know you're a big fan of but he (laughs) not really i mean
1: for a second for a
2: second okay he got a world title push he couldn't do anything with it they took it off him and he went to obscurity that happened with a handful of guys del rio after he lost the belts, he never really had a sustainable feud because he didn't really deliver in the chance that he got. And again, this sort goes on and on. Owen Hart, why he was such a key cog in the WWF machine for years after this is because he got his chance and he delivered huge. They could have blown it off at WrestleMania, but it went for a year yeah, after well, that. Yeah,
1: a long time. I remember, you know, I liked him at this point, but later on when he was... Well, around SummerSlam '96, I remember seeing him at there with the, yeah, the cast, the cast on.
2: yeah, the Bob Martin gimmick. and I
1: remember hating him. <laughs> and I'm like, what would that be? Twelve years old, okay. so I, you know, know how the sausage is made, and I'm still like, man, Owen, what a douche! You know, the, <laughs> the slammies that year and everything. So, yeah, I was can... such
2: a big Owen fan at that time.
1: So we swapped there.
2: We swapped there. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I got into wrestling in 1987, and so Owen to me was one of the guys where he had been around a long time. So I remember liking the Bulldog a lot, liking Owen, Brett. I had an appreciation for Sean, and definitely Taker. Those were the guys, those were the mainstays, you know. Everyone else comes and goes, but those guys are thick and thin, WWF. And as a viewer, you like the people because you have long term relationships with them at that point.
1: Yeah, I think in '96, I just don't want to have anything to do with any hearts. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> damn that sean michaels damn him <laughs> so brett is helped to the back after the kick they do a promo with owen on the big screen while brett is being helped to the back by multiple officials and brett has to watch this interview in all his pain this reminds
1: me a lot of the stuff later on with brett and sean brett is so good at looking like so pissed off it's amazing <laughs> like and maybe he really was. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. probably not really at this point. Maybe the Montreal screw job was a little bit more legit. But <laughs> just looking like, man, like, F that guy up on the screen. You know? Yeah. It's amazing.
2: Owen gets the uh, semi-famous line botch. That's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. Yeah. so great. Uh, but other than that, it's solid. He gets the point across. He kicked his leg. He's tired of living in the shadow And now we have heel Owen Hart Heavens are open fully Sun's coming in Owen Hart playing the role He was always meant to play It would seem He's the lead heel Aside from Yokozuna In the WWE Which I and... think was
1: hated For the wrong reasons Right <laughs> <laughs> Owen day. for all the right reasons
2: Did you ever get the impression That Hulk Hogan might be a bit racist Like mm. when he called Yokozuna a Jap Or maybe for <laughs> other things too <laughs>
1: Well, I will say Owen did eventually um, team up with Yoko and yeah Cornette and all that, so yeah, one I of guess the... it was not always for the purest reasons.
2: This feud has a lot of synergy in it. You know, the Survivor Series where there was the tension, had that Marty and Kid win, and then they had the tag battle interaction interfering with the Rumble. Definitely Yokozuna is going to play a key part in the story. And then in the epilogue later on... Um, lex luger you know he's been around and he'll be around a little bit more but it's sort of funny that the tommy dreamer raven feud in ecw is famous for incorporating about a dozen side characters into it this feud does the same thing thing the gravitational pull of brett first owen they just pull in person after person very much so all right so we'll do one more thing then we'll cut it off um The last thing this pay-per-view the royal rumble match itself goes to a tie josh do you want to describe this scene real quick
1: yes so this is um brett and luger essentially the classic whose foot touched the touch the ground first and mm, both of them of course saying it's the other guy um so the way that they i think it's is it the next week on raw or is it On some other show where they do the coin toss.
2: It was on Rob to do the coin toss, but I want to, if you don't mind, talk about the Rumble really quick. So going into the match, the story the whole time, and again, Lex Luger was the face of the company, was... Can Lex Luger win the Royal Rumble? He was disallowed a title rematch when he beat Yoko by Counton at SummerSlam. There is a big debate over should he be allowed in the Rumble? Because he might get a title shot. There is a compromise where Mr. Fuji got to throw in two mercenaries to try and get Luger out, but then Luger got to be in. And so that's the big story. Lex versus the world, plus these two people out to get him specifically. But Brett's getting these big reactions. Brett won Superstar of the Year. And even though the entire Rumble build is around Brett's thing with Owen, Rumble comes down to Luger versus Brett. So what's Vince's thinking
1: in this? Like, Is he just legit, I can't decide, so I'm going to make it, you know, both of them halfway win, and then we'll do a coin toss and just delay the inevitable even further?
2: So I think, really, I think that is what happened. Because all booking would point to lex luger versus yokozuna rematch at wrestlemania
1: right he already did the body slam the was it 93 right on the 4th of july Mm -hmm. battleship or whatever right yeah the uss intrepid only made sense for him to win it at mania so
2: and so brett getting these reactions maybe higher merch sales you know they have metrics we don't they run an experiment where i don't they, remember a lot of lex luger shirts back the yeah day. there weren't a lot <laughs> i think lex luger had like three items and brett hart had about 10 to 15 With the glasses i mean come on right and so after the rumble they they do the crowd experiment where like one ref will raise lex's hand like he won and they'll play lex's music and then the next ref says no 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 and he raises Bret hands, Bret's hands brett's hand like brett won and then they'll play brett's music and then they raise each hand without music. And without the music, it's super noticeable. Brett gets a much bigger reaction, and Lex even gets some booze. Nice. So, yeah, I remember
1: hearing those boos. That was interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. you so, think they would have
1: cut that out a little bit.
2: I like that they didn't. <laughs> I do like that they didn't. And so... That, to me, was... I think
1: Lex even reacts to one of them. I think he kind of looks at the crowd like, What?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can't handle somebody not liking me. (laughs) Like, Do you not remember my bust, you guys? I have a steel (laughs) arm. (laughs) So, the way they decide they're going to make this fair is there's going to be a coin toss. And each guy's going to get a title shot at WrestleMania. If Lex wins the coin toss, he gets first match at Yokozuna. Brett has to fight Owen. So he'll have quote-unquote suitable competition. If Brett wins the coin toss, he gets first crack at Yoko and Lex has to face Crush. Now, right away, major red flag should have been going (laughs) off because Crush is in a deep feud with Randy Savage. very deep. And, like, you know, they're going to do Lex Yoko at Mania. But honestly, I wasn't sure because, again, from a story perspective... It was all leading to Lex getting the belt. And so I figured, okay, Boulder can't do Lex crush. So Lex will beat Yoko. At the end of the main event, Lex will beat Brett. So he can kind of be like, okay, this is the definite top guy, everybody. If that wasn't already clear from his American Thanksgiving description and his Santa Claus hug. Uh, Well, I remember, so like I said,
1: I was watching a lot of this through random VHS video mm-hmm. rentals probably out of order and i remember getting into lex luger around that time yeah and watching the body slam and just being like oh my god he's amazing and then searching for the one well clearly he's won the title at some point and just never being able to find it and like he wins on a count out at SummerSlam. It was, was it SummerSlam yeah where i'm like was that just yoko couldn't make it back to the ring in time <laughs> like what the hell so yeah it was very
2: strange that he never won, won the very title. strange and again we do the coin toss Lex wins he says his bit Brett gets his turn he says I never wanted to do this match with Owen but it looks like I'm forced into it now
3: well I'll just say first that uh, this uh, inevitable confrontation with my brother Owen is something that I would rather have avoided but it looks like as fate's going to have it, uh, there's no way around it. It looks like I'm going to have to go to battle with my brother Owen, so I'm just going to have to do it and get it over with. I wish I to, didn't have to do, deal with that.
2: And then, much like the Quebecer thing with the kid and Marty, he tells Lex, I could never wish Yoko good luck, so I look forward to meeting a guy like you in the last match. And it's funny, too, I want to bring up, before we got the big lex push right Mm -hmm. where they were saying like he finished second you guys lex luger finished second lex luger in the intro to raw for the coin toss episode vince mcmahon intros the episode by saying something like well breath the hitman heart overcome a year of adversity the betrayal of his brother and win the coin toss to get the first title shot tonight or will Lex win? Okay. Tonight on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yes. And so you know at this point, okay, they've changed their mind on who's going to get the belt. And that's where we'll stop right now. Josh, you wanna, what do you think of the feud so far? Yeah,
1: no, um, I mean, what's not to love? I did have one question real fast shoot. about the coin toss. You said shoot. Was it a shoot? Was
2: it a work? It was a work. So there was this funny moment where just to make sure everyone knows it's on the up and up they zoom in on the coin and president jack tunney the president of canada shows the audience the <laughs> camera the head side of the silver dollar and then the tail side of the silver dollar and then he puts
1: I his think, hand. is it lawler or somebody on comment or maybe it's heenan at that point said is it a canadian coin
2: i forget <laughs> i forget that would have been lawler at that point okay. uh, he was gone but jack tunney just sort of starts like Bouncing his hands up and down, or like, okay, he's antsy. And then they introduce Lex, they flash to the entrance, and I'm guessing that was his cue. Camera's off you, put your hand in your pocket, switch the coins out. Gotcha. So, yeah, definitely fixed because would you have wanted to see Lex Luger versus Crush at WrestleMania? No, I would not. And that makes you. I mean, we would have lost out on
1: the classic Savage Crush match at WrestleMania.
2: That, man, I'll say, I'll give that feud a 10, and that match, like, a 5. Yeah, (laughs) that was very disappointing. Yeah,
1: especially at Mania MSG. All
2: right, well, thanks for joining us for the first episode of the Pull Apart. Uh, Josh, you want to say
1: anything, man? So, next time we will be going into the Mania match, right? I mean, that's pretty much. A lot of what we'll cover in the next episode
2: yeah one so. of the cool things about this shoot is it you can label a starting point at about five to ten different spots and one of them the first match wrestlemania 10 we all know what happens but we're gonna break it down so if for, you don't
1: go watch it on the network steal someone's login yes
2: yeah, so we'll cover the bill to it everything else still log in <laughs> or pay your 9.99 <laughs> and have fun with us thanks for joining us everybody